Folks, we are live here at Sonic Dodd in Annapolis. What an amazing day. Shout out to Bellamy Gen Group for having No Picture of Dark podcast here live and direct. And you know we bring the heavy hitters here, the heavy hitters. First, off the jump, one of my favorite senators, Ms. Senator Jill Carter, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. I'm still smiling, but we still have hours and hours to go. We're almost there. How exciting is it? I'm so happy that you had time to sit down with me, No Books of Dark podcast. How have you been? So it's been a, a real rough session, okay. ups and downs, highs and lows, um, but we're almost to the end, so pretty good. Good, good, good. I mean, there's been so many moving parts. People, my people want to know, almost straight up, let's go off the top, marijuana. What's going on with that? I mean, are, are, is it going to get taxed by the city, the counties, the government? Oh like, what's goodness. going on with the marijuana? And are we going to help out equity and try to get people... Give us a little breakdown of what you've seen this session from it. I think the marijuana bill overall is a really strong bill on a myriad of different things. But it, nothing is perfect, right? Right. So on the equity piece, the part that um, requires a certain amount of tax profits, tax revenues to go into the jurisdictions that have been most disparately impacted or negatively impacted by prohibition... That's there. So Baltimore City um, should really, really get some benefit. Assuming the money goes to the right places, we're good. Hmm. Um, I think that where it fell a little short was the idea of the disparity between those in the legal market and those in the illegal market. And there's really no pathway for anyone in the illegal market to transition into the legal market, which means we're going to have a black market. And we're still probably going to criminalize black and brown people a little bit too much. Um, I think that's an area that we still have to fix. Um, suggestions were offered, but not yet accepted. Mm, okay, okay. So, you know, from that, what bills would you think that the taxpayers would be very excited about that we guys passed? Well, like that people were really excited to see and hear about, you think? We you know, we um, for the, the parents that started the session very angry about the 529 system, I yeah. think a lot of work has been done to try to um, bring some, some, some equity and reparations to that system. Um, it's now going to be under the office of the state treasurer and a myriad of other reforms have been put in place. So hopefully, I hope the parents will get some relief and feel like Let we did something you, for Let me tell you, I almost called up because my kid got the 529. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 that ain't, that ain't right. But, you know, I'm glad that we you guys took it upon yourselves to make sure the treasury, depart the treasury Department takes care of that. Thank you so much. To my parents, so yeah. thank you. Hit that home. That was a home run right there for all the parents out there. All the parents <clears throat> and and all the students, all the yes. children. Um, you know, we did so many things. Um, and, and Mike, I'm on the um, judicial proceedings committee. We did all the civil and criminal stuff. Okay. We did a whole lot of stuff on guns. Um, some of it okay, some of it good. Um, some of it, eh. You know, we'll see. I'll just tell you. You know, a lot of times when legislative bodies deal with these firearms issues. Um, it's really a complex issue, and some of it requires cooperation and collaboration with the feds. And so um, what I've, I found in this process is that Maryland is not doing enough to prohibit or limit traffickers from bringing illegal guns into our, our state, and we need to do more on that. Uh, I, I agree with you. There's so many things with guns right now that's in, in the news right now that just – it's heartbreaking. I mean, just what everything going on with the guns. The violence is horrific, but one of the things we do is the top and the bottom, right? We got to stop the influx, and then we have to also teach people, educate people, give them opportunities outside of violence and, and street violence, and you know, just conflict management and and, and anger management. 
conflict resolution, I mean, you know, those kinds of things. And I think we're not doing enough, but we are doing, like, honestly, we have passed a whole lot of gun bills. Good. Uh, some I agree with and, and some I don't okay. quite agree with. I think that, I think you can criminalize and you can enhance penalties, but I think you have to also give people an opportunity to learn how to do something better and different. Otherwise, once they have that criminal conviction, it's over. It really, you know, one thing I always tell people about Baltimore, we've had our issues last couple weeks with kids going downtown Baltimore. I know you've probably heard in the news. Uh, two kids got shot, unfortunately. But a lot of kids don't have places to go. You know, when I grew up, you couldn't really go to the harbor. It wasn't a place. We weren't accepted there. Let's be honest. Keep it spade a spade at what it is. Now kids want to go explore. But there's nothing down there right now. I hope we can find more opportunities for children. Opportunities very like important, and I think that's something that we all we all agree on. You know, we had some legislation that would um, increase opportunities for those community resource officers. Not officers. I'm sorry, that's not the right word. <laughs> um, community schools they have um, service workers, and they need more resources resources to do more outreach to communities like when we have children that are in trouble when we have children that aren't going to school we need better outreach to to deal with those children and help them i, I love to hear it what has been your passion project for down here this year what has been your passion project <sighs> my passion project has been trying to ensure there's some type of equity in everything that we do I love it. Um, and we don't really have it um, it's not been a priority of the body and so I think we're still getting adjusted to the idea that we have to right some of the wrongs of the past Maryland continues to be the number one state for the incarceration rate for black men meaning the highest rate of incarceration for black men in the country including places like Louisiana Mississippi mm. Alabama so we have to figure out ways to fix that and what I mean is that everybody's coming out Unless you're a life without parole, everybody's coming out, and you're coming out, you have to be able to function in society, and we aren't doing enough to fix that. But we are doing some things. I want to make it clear. Like, we're inching kind of along, but I think we have to go a little faster. Then what would you tell them, leave you with this, what would you tell people about signing die? Like, this is, what would you tell, because people are probably never heard of this, they never really know anything about this. What would you leave them with about so, this day? So, Diet is the culmination of this 90 days on the, the, the Stairmaster or treadmill at level 80. <laughs> and um, finally, it's now when you come to this reconciliation that all of the work you did this session is either going to pass or it's going to die. And, you know, a lot of us are going to be, like, crying in our milk, like, better than luck next time, come back next year. And then some of us are going to be singing for joy. People that are going to be singing for joy... Attorney General Anthony Brown got a number of bills that he wanted, including the ability for his office to do civil rights um, cases, civil rights uh, violations cases, and that never had that before. Um, his office also got the ability to investigate all um, allegate all, all police homicide killing, all police killings, anyone mm. that dies in uh, related to a police incident or a, at the hands of police. His office will now investigate instead of the local prosecutors. Big, big wins for Anthony Brown and hopefully for the people. I love it. Anything, anything last thing you want to say? Because I'm going to have you on the show. We're going to have you on the show. You hear, you hear from my lips, you will be on the show. We're going to do a full interview and sit down with you. Anything else you want to say to the folks? If I had one wish. What's that? It would be that people would watch our hearings and voting sessions and not listen to what the news tells you about it. Because it's not always 100% true, if you know what I mean. Folks, you heard it here first. We'll be right back. Thank you so much, Senator Jill Carter. Appreciate you. Thank you. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, 
which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. All right, folks, we are live here. Asani Dai, oh my goodness. We have, told you, we have celebrities always coming through. Bellamy, again, thank you guys for having us here. We have the Attorney General, Anthony Brown. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. It's Sani Dai. The weather's nice. And my team and I, were getting our stuff done here in Annapolis. Big things for the people of Maryland. I love it. How are you settling in? Has you been a couple months? How does it feel? Well, a finer point on it, it's 99 days today, right? Wow. I've been on the job, right? So I got in uh, January 3rd, eight days later. General Assembly, we had an ambitious agenda. I told the members of the General Assembly, I need more money. I need more authorities to protect the people of Maryland. And you know what? 90 days later, at the end of uh, the General Assembly, it looks like we're getting both more authorities and more resources to fight, uh, to fight the good fight. Okay, so let's talk about that. I know people back in Baltimore, all across Maryland who watch the show. Tell us some things that really that we can, you can really talk about that's how I've gone through that could really shine a good, better light on what's going on. Sure. Civil rights protection, right? Okay. In Maryland... The attorney general, under current law, does not have the authority to enforce federal or state civil rights laws. So whether you're talking about redlining in housing, whether you're talking about uh, discrimination in the workplace or in the marketplace, there are ways that you can seek relief in Maryland, but not with the attorney general. 21 other states in the District of Columbia, their attorney general can step in on behalf of their residents and say, no, we don't tolerate mm. certain discriminatory practices. We protect groups of people. I now have that authority in Maryland. I got it this session. Uh, it. So we're really excited about it. We got some resources to go with that to fund lawyers and investigators to look in those allegations of discrimination. And the other big thing that we got, and I want to thank Chairman uh, Will Smith on judicial proceedings, we had two years ago the authority to investigate police-involved deaths. Yes. Now we have the authority, the sole authority, to make the decision whether after that investigation the police officer needs to be prosecuted. Now, we're not, we're not trying to go out and prosecute anybody. Right. But when the facts support uh, and warrant uh, and mandate prosecution, the Office of Attorney General now is in the position to exclusively to make that decision. Well, do you supersede local jurisdictions and come in? Is that how, say, for instance, like something happened like, uh, I can't think of a state right now, but something, say something happens in Baltimore City. Shooting happens. Would you supersede the Ivan Bates and would you take over the case? If it's the police involved, yes. Okay. Right now, I supersede, if you will, when it comes to the investigation. But then I do a report and I turn it over to the state's attorney. They make the decision whether or not to prosecute. We believe that if you want greater transparency, greater independence, greater impartiality, the Office of Attorney General should be making that decision like they do in 13 other states. Mm. It's considered the best practice uh, when uh, President Obama did his 20th century, um, you know, his task force on 20th century century policing it was one of the recommendations that came out we now got that authority i love to hear it now i got another big one we can talk about marijuana okay we know it's legalized what about all the black and brown people who have been arrested who've got who had a little possession on them are we gonna come back check those laws and say hey like, like are we gonna expunge it or do something with those records i mean i'm, I'm just throwing it out there. i don't know if that was passed 
or has that been right. talked about? And for me, the three important things in terms of when we when we go to adult recreation yes. use of marijuana, right? Okay, it's lawful. That's great. But what do we also need to do? We need to we need to correct past injustice. So expungements has to be a part of okay. it. I've always been a fan of automatic expungements. We also need to make sure there's equity in licensing because communities, you know, underrepresented, uh, overburdened communities, black and brown communities in this failed war on drugs. Well, now that, it's, that marijuana is legal, we should be able to benefit from the business side of cannabis sales, uh, cultivation, et cetera. So equity. And then the third piece is what I call, you know, it's the three E's, empowerment. We've got to take money from those revenues to the state, and mm. the state's going to charge 9% um, sales tax on that. Mm. It's going to be considerable dollars to the state. Just like we did with gaming, you've got to put some of that money back into communities yes. that have been most impacted by this war on drugs. So that's important to me. A lot of that is in the legislation. They're finalizing it today. So we'll see come tomorrow morning when we wake up what's going to the governor's desk for signature. I love hearing that. Final words. I know you're busy. You got a lot of people out there waiting for you. What do you want people to take away from just this whole 90, 90 days and your 99 days? Like, what have you, what, is, what has he achieved? What, or whatever. What do you want to say? This well, really, what I want to say is because I talked about some of the accomplishments, civil rights, yeah. um, uh, police accountability. What I want to say is that right now in Annapolis, we've got sort of like fidelity and alignment among leadership. You got a Democratic governor in Westmore. Okay, you got, uh, you know, Adrian Jones, first African-American woman speaker, uh, Senate President Ferguson. You got statewide officials, Anthony Brown, Derek Davis, Brooke Learman, and we're all working together. You know, we're not in conflict and crisis. We don't agree on every bit of the detail, but our goals and our values are aligned. We're making progress for the people of Maryland. Hey, the Attorney General, folks, the top police officer of the state, right here, top. It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming out and hanging out. I would love to do a longer version interview with Absolutely. you later on. Maybe you could do it at Mako. Are you going to Mako this year? I'm, oh, I'm going to be at Mako. We'll I'm going to be at MML. Any good conference that brings me down to Ocean City, I'll be there. We, how about that? We'll do that down. We'll set it up. I'll get your people, my people, make it happen. Excellent. Sounds thank, good. Thank All you right. Thank you so much. Take care. And, folks, we are back. What an amazing day at Sunny Annapolis is booming. It's beautiful. It's 70 degrees. I feel like I want to put my polo and shorts and get my flip-flops on, but we can't do that. We have somebody that's very special here. Mr. Senator, Senator, Mr. Jeffs. How you doing, Mr. Jeff? Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing very well. Good. How is Sonny Dye going? How's things going? So Sonny Dye is a strange tradition because lots of important bills are in the balance, including one of mine. But it's always a, a joyous occasion. Hopefully we can do right by the people of Maryland today. What's the bill? You, you brought it up. What bill are we talking about? I like how you led that into it. So um, Senate Bill 1 is the Gun Safety Act of 2023. And along with a couple other bills that we have already passed, it's probably the most consequential gun violence prevention legislation in at least 10 years. So Maryland acted boldly after Sandy Hook. Uh, in 2013, it's time to act boldly again this year uh, to stop gun violence in Maryland. You know, I, I, I lost hope for America. I just want you to know at the Sandy Hook because I said, we can't help these kids. When are we ever going to do this? And I hope in Maryland we can we really get that. Get, we, hopefully we can lead the nation. I hope so, And too. do the right thing by certain things. Because I see what's going happening in, is it Nashville right now? Of all That's the, right. That's all right. That. And so I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Let's do right by the kids. No, that's exactly right. And, and to be honest, you're not the first person to tell me that. Folks got really down after Sandy Hook and, and really 
uh, worried about the intractability of that problem. And of course, we've seen in Nashville and, and today, I think in Louisville, Kentucky, that the problem of gun violence continues, but that's not an excuse for inaction. In fact, it's a call to action. And we've responded to that call here in Maryland. We've got, well, 12 more hours uh, before sine die is called, and uh, we're gonna pass Senate Bill 1 in that time. Woo, well, I'm looking at the clock right now. <laughs> we're, we're tight sure, against the clock, yeah. but we really appreciate you taking time to come and talk with us a little bit about everything. Thank you. Because you're have the Judiciary, judiciary Committee, right? You're the head? Yeah, so I'm the Vice Chair of the Judicial, judicial Proceedings Sorry. Committee. That's okay, and the Senate, it's called something weird. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really um, a proud place for me. We've been able to, under the leadership of Chairman Will Smith and President Bill Ferguson, pass some deeply consequential uh, legislation this year, not just on guns, but also on cannabis legalization. I love it. And tons of other issues where the people of Maryland are really gonna benefit. Hey, what do you hope? To, what do you hope to tell people about Sunny Dodd? Later, a lot of people in Baltimore never heard of it. Never, they never yeah. really know anything about. It. What do you hope to tell people about that? Well, and what, what you've done. I know you talk about we're about to, close to the finish line. That's right. So, what do you want to hope? Here's to say? what I want people to know about the Maryland legislature. It affects their daily lives. Right. So, Baltimore, not so far from Capitol Hill, and lots of folks are looking at the federal government. But here in the state, even as the federal government is paralyzed on a lot of issues. Maryland is making progress, and that's because of the incredible uh, legislators that I serve with each and every day. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank we you, We don't hold you up knocking your day. Thank you so much. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help provide nutritious food for a family in need, because eating healthy shouldn't be a luxury. It can help someone with housing challenges and be a catalyst for a new beginning because a safe space to call home is the foundation for building a better future. Give today, spark something bigger. Folks, what an amazing day it's been out in Annapolis, 70 degrees. I'm about to put my flip-flops on in a minute, but we can't do that because we got some heavy hitters in here. You know when I get this guy on the show, he's been, a, he's been a fan favorite on the show. My Senator, Senator Corey McCray, how are you doing, sir? My guy, Eric, always good to see you, man. Always good. It's great to see you, man. Right here in the heart of the Capitol. I'm down here. I never, I, this is my first time <laughs> down legislative legislation. It's, a, it's beautiful, man. How you feeling today? Man, like, it's, it's sunny die right now. It's the last day of session. I feel like I've gotten a lot done. I'm just waiting for the last few hours to roll down. So what can you tell the people back home all across the state? What has happened in Baltimore that you can that affect us here that you guys done? Yep. So, so when I think about our district, one of the things that I think about, let's talk about from an operating standpoint. So we did the operating budget. It got approved. But inside the operating budget, you have a historical gym that's Mac Lewis gym. So we got yeah. them $200,000 inside of wow. that operating budget. Why was that important? Because somebody had purchased Church Square and they were scared that they would be put out of that specific space. And it's been historical. It's been in East Baltimore as long as I know. Mm. Um, but when it came, I talked to the Senate president. I talked to Senator Gazon, Chairman Gazon. And they said, look, we got you. Then I think about, uh, I got I got four kids. Uh, one of them was in middle school. She played uh, AAU basketball, but she also played for Hamilton. And one of the things that I realized was that there's a gap in reference to middle school sports. So if, you, if you're young, you go to Coppermine, you go to the Y. If you're older, you pretty much do have real good 
thorough sports in your high school, right. but the middle school, how are we preparing them? So we got 200000 to be appropriated to Rexham Parks in the budget this year mm. to make sure that we can beef up middle school basketball in the city of Baltimore, which is, which is really, really major. I'm always going to take care of the Great Blacks and Wax Museum. They were in the budget for a million. Um, I, I looked at uh, the Johnson Square. The principal reached out in reference to just building a playground for our young people. Oh. Said, let's get it done. Uh, from that standpoint, this is a pretty cool one. So right there at uh, Reach High School, mm-hmm. right there on Hoffman and 25th, yep. they just built a new school. Yep. But folks have been jumping up and down about the stadium that was supposed to be built. And one of the mm. things is I get a call, it's in the month of January, and they say, hey, we don't have the money for the lights and the facilities to be able to change in. I said, no problem. $1.25 million for the uh, for the lighting, for the facilities. We're going to come back next year and do something even major. The only thing that I had, the only caveat that I had was the first black state senator in East Baltimore was a gentleman by the name of Senator Robert O. Dalton. Okay. He just passed away in uh, December. So as long as they name that stadium after him, they get that money for the lighting and the facility. That changes. shouldn't be too hard. It that shouldn't, shouldn't be, be too, too hard at all. You, you've been busy. Yeah, man. I, I had been fun. Busy. I had fun. It's just like you said. I, we had fun. Yeah, fun. Had you've fun. been busy. That's so, right. so I, I mean, I, I love hearing about all these amazing things you've accomplished. You know, what? I know marijuana was a big thing for mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess I heard nine percent state tax. Yeah. Are the mini- are will the cities be able to tax also, or just gonna be one? The city's not gonna be able to tax. And when we think about recreational marijuana, one of my concerns was, Ern, is just I just didn't want them concentrated within our uh, neighborhood. Okay. So I don't mind having recreational marijuana. The challenge is you don't want them every other store like right. we had with liquor stores. Oh, so no. if you look at from North Avenue to McEldry Street and then from Luzerne over to Central Avenue, I got twenty three liquor stores on a one mile radius. That's crazy. That's not the way it's supposed to be. How do you have the bookstore, the coffee shop, and things of that nature? So what they did in the bill to be able to accommodate the concern was making sure that they can't be in a certain footage of each other. So once one operates there, because currently we only have two in the district. I just don't want to have 200 in the district. So so, and you also can't put them next to churches. uh, um, Schools probably too. Schools is another one. And then uh, our daycare. So if it's a licensed daycare, it also can't go. Um, adjacent or certain square footage away from that and that was like the main concern I don't have a problem with it but I do have a problem with the concentration I just didn't want to see one of them down in Mount Vernon was a great partner to have the challenge was the one on Bel Air Road wasn't such a great partner to have and I always got calls from the constituents because you gotta remember a lot of our neighborhoods are like residential commercial so them folks wasn't used to that level of traffic or lines outside for business outside Mm -hmm. of their, their neighborhood and like they don't know who uh, uh, the the ATC is or the Alcohol Tobacco Committee. Right. They know who their council person is and they know who their <laughs> delegate and their senator is. And that's who they're going to be calling. Right. That's, that's what I remind them of. Gotcha, gotcha. So what what bill you got passed still? Is there anything big that's coming up you know, tonight? We, we got a lot done, but like I think uh, the Garvey bill is a transportation bill, being able to make sure that we can have uh, funding for things like the Red Line, Southern Maryland Rapid oh, Transit. Man. Senate Bill 24, I worked with Mark Corman on it. That was major, being able to leverage the federal dollars to be able to get good transportation. And inside of it, you'll see that there's a commission that's with inside the bill to be able to look at how do we fund transportation going forward. You got to remember, folks are not driving cars all the time that that take gasoline. You see that the electrical vehicle is moving in that direction, and we have to think about what does uh, transportation funding look like going forward. It's going to look a lot different. It's going to look a lot different 20 years from now. I agree with you. Well, I know you're busy, sir. Nah, man, I just appreciate being able to sit down, chop it up with my 
my guy. I, I love it. I, yeah, I was I was calling everybody. Like, I gotta get the senator. I was call. I called. I called the staff. I called the team. I called everybody. I was like, put it. I put a sign like Batman and yeah. when I came in now. Well, 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 is I he saw, is he here? Is he here? I, I, I saw the AG. So I saw the, my AG. I saw my vice chair of JPR man. So it looked like they just rolling in here right yeah, now. That's and that's what we doing. We rolling yeah, all day, yeah. having fun for a couple hours, and just really taking. And it's my first time ever down here for this event yeah. for this day, and it's just been amazing. Blown, well, blown. well, thank you for letting me be a part of it, man. I appreciate you and everything that you do just for our city. Like it's just major elevating, amplifying those voices that don't always get heard, man. It's a space for that, and yeah. I thank you for creating that space. Well, thank you so much. And again, I want people to see what you guys are doing down yes, here. Sir. Yes, sir. Because I was going to sneak because I'm like, what, what do they do? <laughs> well, when we drop this episode, you're going to know what we yep, do. Yep, so thank yep. you, folks. Thank you so much, Senator. Yes, sir. Folks, we are back. Sunny Dive. What a uh, what a day. It's so amazing. 70 degrees. And I got somebody from Baltimore in the house. My delegate. Yes. It's Jackie Addison. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to good. the show. Thanks for hanging out. Tell us about your freshman year. How has it been going? So my freshman year has been great as of now. We still have until 1.30. Okay. 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. But so far, my freshman year has been great. Um, I was nominated as one of the five women for the Legislative Black um, Women's Month. Yep. I was only Let's freshman. Let's put the flowers out. Let's put the flowers out here. Let's put the flowers yes. out here. Let's do was, it. Yes, I Let's was the only. It. I was the only freshman that was awarded that honor. Um, also, I was um, chair, well, leader for my um, committee. Right. Yeah, first time nervous as I don't know what, but uh -huh. I did it. Also, I serve on ENT. I really like that. Um, Thank that committee. I really am learning a lot about the environment and transportation. You know, in our district, we have a lot of transportation issues mm -hmm. in our district. So I'm really learning about all that, you know, those things. But this session has been really great. And so I'm enjoying myself. Well, guess what? You're here. What, which, which, which bill have you said you contributed to that you pushed through, that you helped push through? So one of the bills that I um, pushed through was actually came from one of our constituents. Okay. Um, it was a black bass um, bill. Um, he wanted to make that a sporting issue, so I was able to get that pushed through. Uh, another bill was the bill for Roberta's house, um, House Bill 274. That bill was a retroactive tax um, bill where um, the tax, if you have outstanding taxes, you can go back and you can apply for those taxes. So that was good because Roberta's house is right um, directly where I grew up at on North and Cecil Avenue. In fact, my grandmama lived three doors before they made that Roberta's house. So yeah, I'm really excited about those two things. Uh, had another bill, didn't quite get through the house, which was a bill um, 974, and that bill was for victim relocation. So I'm gonna reintroduce that bill next year have another bill that I'm planning on. I don't know if I should tell you about uh, well, don't, it. We, look, yeah, we, we, that, I don't know that's, right that's now. Exclusive. I don't know why I take it. Well, okay, that's <laughs> exclusive next year. We're going to talk yes, about that. But yes. Sonny Dye, this is your first one. This how is, is it? How, how are you feeling about it? So because I have been on the floor, yeah. I'm just coming out for half an hour because I wanted to come to the Bellamy Group and make sure that I talk to you. Hey, now. <laughs> so um, I really haven't kind of like got around to the different I'm signing that party. So okay. once we get off the floor today, I'm trying to make my way throughout, you know, 
Annapolis to come to some of the events. You are my first. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, <laughs> hanging out. No yes. picture of dark. You know, we we Maryland. We we gonna yes. be Maryland. We yes. gonna we gonna spin out of Baltimore, but okay. Baltimore Northeast is always you know we, right. the best side. Yes, forty fifth district. <laughs> hey hey. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I know you're you gonna get welcome. back. I know they're hitting you up right now. Get back. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good one. Thank you. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sorry, Dad. Um, what a day. What a day. This is an amazing day. We have all these rock star guests here. I'm so happy to have Ms. Vicki Schultz. She's the head CEO of Maryland Legal Aid, correct? That's right. All right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. How many signed dots have you done? How many have you done? You know, I've done a lot, but this is my first signy die as the executive director at Maryland Legal Aid. Is it a little bit different now being it executive? Is, Tell me the difference. It's a little bit different, <clears throat> I think, in the sense that I feel the urgency. I really feel the urgency of the issues that we confront. For people who live in poverty in Maryland, their issues are pressing and, and urgent. So that's, that's how I feel it differently. I love this because I really believe in helping those who need help, like as far as other options, you know, I know at Enat Pratt, they do things where they help legal aid and help out with people with expungement or things on their record, which is amazing. That's right. And that's a beautiful thing. So what can you say hey, you've helped that during this, during this whole session that well, you work with? We work, we partner with Enoch Pratt and other librarians all over the state because we represent Marylanders in every corner of the state, all over. And what we do is we help them with the legal representation. So our colleagues, our, those librarians, they help people get to us so that they can work out their legal problems and really get a fresh start, whether it's expunging a criminal record or facing eviction and overcoming that so they can stay in their homes or getting life-saving benefits that they need so they can feed their families or get veterans benefits or unemployment. Those are all kind of the critical issues that we face every single day. I love I love hearing it. But I love hearing about that you guys, there's people out there, and people may not know about it and whatnot, and may have a loved one or somebody that's trying to, you know, hey, we need some help. We need some yeah. help. Um, What's, is, it, is it hard to get through? Is it like an email away? Is it a, t no. is it a, is it a tweet away to get to you guys? No, I mean it's easy to find us. You can find us online at mdlab.org. You can find us by phone. We have centralized intake. You can call one number to get to us. Or you can just walk in one of our many offices. We've got 12 offices all around this state, and we are ready to meet folks where they live. 
We go out into communities. We do community lawyering. So we're out there doing expungements for folks and trying to help identify legal issues. Because a lot of times, people just don't even know. They don't. They don't know they've got a legal issue. They know they've got a problem, but they don't know they have a legal issue and maybe a defense, a way to be able to solve that problem in a way that's going to work out well for them and their families. Now, I've known that they talked about how possibly that they're going to try to do expungement when marijuana becomes recreational. Yes. Is that something you guys will be helping out or has to reach out? Because a lot of people are like, I don't have money for a lawyer. Yeah. I don't know how, like, how do I do the only, only people who have money can get this done. What, yeah. what do you say to those people who say that? To, come see out. us. Okay. Come see us. It is true that we represent people who are income eligible. So right. you do have to go through a little screening to get to us. But for by and large, we can help you. We can give you information. We do that kind of work. When you come to Maryland Legal Aid, if you qualify for our services, you don't pay. We're free legal services. Mm. That's why I'm down here in the legislature, because part of the way we're supported is by the state. Mm. You know, we are publicly funded, public interest lawyers, and we're here to help people with their civil legal needs. So we want you to come forward, come find us. We'll try and find you too, but there's help available. So if you've got a problem, you should not hesitate to reach out to us. I, I love and this. we're doing expungements. We I just got it. a grant uh, to do expungements. We're going to be doing some big clinics. We're going to be educating community advocates about the new law and their rights. So we're going to be all over this state trying to help people get that fresh start that the law intended. Please let me know how No Picks Ever Dark can highlight it and put more voices, put more ears out there to listen to what's going on. So we Great. would love to do that. And that's what it's about, community and helping out people and getting the word out, getting positive change with people. So that's what, again, the voices are unheard. That's really what the podcast is really focused on. Absolutely. So. We are unwinding a lot of bad policies, frankly. Great. The failed drug wars, the cannabis prohibition, it really impacted the clients that we serve, our client communities. And so our job is to help people do away with that, unwind those collateral problems problems that they've resulted from being over-policed and under underinvested. So thank that's you why so we're much, Ms. Vicky Schultz. All Appreciate right. it. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Folks, what an amazing signing out. This has been an amazing day. And we've had so many amazing people have. And I got people who live in the 45th district who are here today. So we have Ms. Natasha Dartique. Dartique, correct. She is the state public defender. Yes. How are you doing today? I am doing well. It's a great day. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love it. This has been an amazing day. My first Sunny Dodd, yours first one also. Yes. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about all this? Uh, it's been a, a whole lot. I remember <laughs> from day one, and it's been a quick and amazing ninety days. Uh, I'm kind of glad it's over, but <laughs> but it's been good. It's been good, a good experience. This has been an amazing experience for me. What have you learned from just this 90, 90s plus days of just legislation? Like, is it hard to get a lot of bills through or stuff like that? Or, the hell, you know, what have you seen on your end? Gosh, um, it's definitely been a learning process for me. It's been the first time that I have been totally immersed from beginning to, to end. Um, I've learned a great deal about the whole legislative process that I did not uh, know. Um, taking some lessons that I'm going to really think about and, and come back stronger next session as to how we really move things uh, forward. Mm -hmm. uh, from my perspective, 
I represent the disenfranchised and marginalized communities, and um, that's often a, a hard community to speak up for, and um, it's no different in the legislature. Nice. Well, so what have you seen, like, this year, like, you know, uh, state public defender, when people think about that, you know, why, why would you want to be in it? Why would you want to do that, something like that? Tell us, tell us why. Oh, my gosh, because it's, it's what I often say, it's God's work. We represent the, the people, those who often are not heard, not paid attention to, um, just have a hard start um, in, in life. The marginalized communities, those who are disenfranchised, and we amplify their voices. Um, I often say that they have a voice, but because of their circumstances, they're not often heard. I love that. Like, and that's what the thing about my podcast is the voices of the unheard. Mm -hmm. We try to tell these stories all throughout Maryland. Baltimore's been a focus, but I've been spreading out all throughout Maryland, telling a lot of people stories of the voice of the unheard. And I love that you said that. That that really is a theme with me. So what do you people say, you know, do you you're just are you where are you based out of? Are you based out of Annapolis? Are you based out of anywhere else in the state? Or where you where are you located mostly? So my office, office is in uh, Baltimore City. Our administrative offices are in Baltimore City, okay. but the public defender's office represents everyone throughout all 24 jurisdictions in the state of Maryland, and we have approximately 52 offices throughout the state. Wow. So, wow. so are you traveling a lot, going to different... So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm responsible for the entire state, so... Uh, Outside of the 90 days, I am traveling the state uh, a great deal. It was kind of a, made my home base between Baltimore and Annapolis these past 90 days. Mm -hmm. uh, probably going to give myself a two-week break, and then I'll be hitting the road again. Nice, nice. How can people get a hold of the public defense office and if they need help or anything like that? So uh, essentially, if you are in need of our services, you can go to any district court uh, commissioner's office in any of the jurisdictions and essentially do step one of the application. The commissioner's office will determine whether or not you make the income threshold. And then step two is to go to one of our district offices in the jurisdiction where the case arises. Sounds like a lot of steps, though. You two know, steps, a lot of people don't have patience now. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot of steps, but I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I, I definitely yeah. agree with you saying because there's a lot of people who, are, who don't have the means to defend themselves, and it can be something simple, whereas they can they didn't have a lawyer, they're helping them out. So we really appreciate that. We're, so we're, they can, anybody can look up online and find you guys on the website, anything like that? Your website? Yes, you can just uh, type in um, Maryland Office of the Public Defender, and you will get our website, and on the website it also tells you uh, how to apply. I love it. You made my day. I hopefully we could do a longer interview where it's yes, long yeah. format and really get into like the stories and talk about how you got to where you are and we'll talk about that a little bit later off camera and figure it out. So thank you so much. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Get a sip of the rye. We are fat. We are finishing up an amazing day. Let me put this deer park because they're not sponsors. But uh, <laughs> amazing day, down Sonny Dodd. I want to first thank who you know, just amazing. Thank my camera guy, director Paul, out there doing his thing. I would like to thank Bellamy again for your group just making this happen. And we're gonna close it out. Yeah. Well, Mr. Lorenzo. Bellamy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Aaron. Thank you. How thank are you, you doing? Thank you for having me down. The team come down today on Sonny Dodd. We've never been here a day of our lives. Wow. To, to check this out. 
It's 80 degrees. You must have made the weather change. He it's must have made it 80 degrees. Beautiful day. It's sunny today. out here, man. It's because you were coming. That's why. Nah, yeah, nah. Yeah. I mean, when I mean people, folks, it was packed. Yeah. When I mean it was so packed, you couldn't even walk around. And that's a sign just people coming to check you guys out, yeah, see what you have going on. So further ado, people might want to know, who are you? Who, who, what is, what is, what is yeah. your group? Tell us a little bit about you guys. So thank you. Thank you, Aaron. So I'm Lorenzo Bellamy, and I'm the managing partner and founder of the Bellamy Gen Group. And we are a government relations firm based here in Annapolis. We formed in 2017. I used to be at another lobby firm, left that firm, and formed this one. And so what are we in? Our sixth year now, I think, is mm -hmm. what we've been doing. And so we do legislative representation, government advocacy here at the state of Maryland, every county, city of Baltimore, um, and also Washington, D.C., with the mayor's office and city council. And some we dabble a little bit in federal work as well. Okay. So we represent clients before the Maryland General Assembly. We do a little bit of procurement work. If they're trying to get, um, you know, budget language or bills killed or bills passed, we are a government relations firm that makes that happen for them. Nice, yeah. nice. And, I mean, again, you guys have been world-class, top-of-the-line hospitality for us. And it's been amazing to see why your clients love yeah, working yeah. with you guys. So what, have, what, can, what kind of things you can tell about this past session that you have helped push over the finish line? Well... We are hoping that we can get one particular bill over the finish line. It's the Senate Bill 1 okay. and House Bill 824. The House Bill has moved and has passed, but the Senate Bill, Senate Bill 1, has not yet passed completely. And this is a bill basically to um, – it's, it's a gun safety legislation uh, that's as a result of the Bruin case, the Supreme Court Bruin case, about where and carry permits, where you're allowed to carry and where your, your firearm this bill addresses sensitive places and the licensing procedure of how you and Marylanders can wear and carry their, their guns, their firearms, in, on private property, public spaces, while they're driving, et cetera, et cetera. So this has been a priority for my, one of my clients, Every Town for Gun Safety. And it is, uh, we are now, you know, on Sunday die at almost five o'clock. We have until midnight to get this bill out. Seven so, hours, man. Yeah. Is. Which is, which is, could be a lifetime, but you know, people will use certain tactics to delay. Uh, they'll fill, try to filibuster and, you know, do the things that do, to delay the vote. Uh, we know that those are the tricks that are of the trade and, you know, no, no disrespect. That's what people do and it's fine. But, we just are like, look, <laughs> it's it's seven hours. So we're close. Let's, yeah, let's close. Well, like, like the song of Journey says, the final countdown. That's, yes, that's, it is. It so is. what? Any other bills that, that you yeah. helped out? Yeah, that's... we've been working. We represent Maryland Legal Aid, and so we've gotten some of their legislation passed. Right. We represent Kaiser Permanente, and just been watching sort of the issues on the medical side. Okay. We've gotten a lot of budget language for our clients. Um, we represent um, Living Classrooms Foundation and the library, the Pratt Library, yeah. and we were and um, the Arc of Central Chesapeake. We've been able to, my colleagues walking by, helped with um, getting significant budget language. So we've gotten overall, I want to say almost $5 million for our clients during this budget, se wow. budget cycle. Wow. So, we got to give, yeah, give it up. We got to give it up. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, you know, people are probably looking outside and when they watch this, and say, you know, this this whole thing of signing die, like it's a big thing. That's my first time being here. Yeah, um, I'm blown away by meeting so many great people today. Yeah, um, legislative from the Senate to the House, and just people who are doing a great thing. What would you say, like, how as far as people looking in, what what good are you doing for like the people involved, like of the city of Maryland? Like, what things, yeah. what positive things are you helping for people of city of Maryland? I know you say you work with yeah. certain different things, yeah. but just like well, well, the gun safety thing, I think is going to be big for. Okay. I'm sorry for citizens of Maryland. I think the. Um, there is a bill, so I rep the cannabis legislation, okay. so that's passed or passing, or has passed, or will pass. Um, basically legal, making cannabis legal 
um, July 1. Right. We represent the Prince George's County Council, mm. and they've been very interested in knowing what's going to happen with this cannabis legislation once it becomes legal. Where they're going to be able to locate dispensaries in the county. We want to make sure that there's no oversaturation. We want to make sure that it's done right. So I've been working with the county council, working with legislators to just make sure that let, we get amendments on the bill that will protect the residents and citizens of Prince George's County. Those who are against the, the legislation for whatever reason and those who are for it, we want to make sure that it's fair and equitable and that it doesn't saturate the market where you have cannabis dispensaries located next to facilities which may not be as welcoming to, to cannabis. Right. And so my job was to try to get amendments in and, to, and get policies developed in that, in that bill that would benefit the county government but also not detrimentally impact a disproportionately impacted community like Prince George's County. I love it. I know we yeah. had Senator Corey McRae on earlier. Oh, yes. He talked about how they didn't want uh, cannabis placed in Baltimore City next to churches, Correct. schools, and daycares. Correct. And that was really, I thought that was really great. And he also said, we don't want them next, like a liquor store in each corner. We don't want them like that. No, and that's the, you know, so cities like Baltimore, yeah. Prince George's County, and their municipalities, you know, you can drive in certain parts of Prince George's County, Baltimore City, and you see oversaturation of liquor stores. Yes. And, um, that's not what Prince George's County wants, and as Senator McRae said, that's not what Baltimore City wants. Correct. So the bill says that you have to, you can't be within a thousand feet of another dispensary. So a thousand feet, I think, is a, is respect is is acceptable, yeah, respectable. Acceptable. Yeah. Not definitely. Uh, what yeah. do you want to say to, to on a closing this out? Because this has been an amazing day. What yeah. do you want to say? Well, I'm just glad of uh, one. Thank you for being here and for doing this uh, with us. And you know, just to turn out, I want to thank every legislator that we've worked with on this session. It's been a challenging session. We look forward to the interim and, and engaging with them during the interim and also coming up, you know, with new legislation and new ideas for next session as well. So it's just been a, um, you know, to be able to engage with new legislators face-to-face -face, given what happened with COVID where we weren't able to do it as much. This has been a blessing to be able to, like, engage face-to-face, -to -face, one one-on-one. This is a bread and butter for our job to be able to engage with people one-on-one. -on -one. Zoom is fine, email and text is fine, but to be able to sit across the table from someone like you, to be able to engage and talk, that's that's been a blessing for us and our firm, and so we hope we can continue that. Well, thank you so much yeah. for having us. Thank you for having us, guests. I feel like family from here yes. for the day. Always welcome, Doug. We appreciate welcome. it. And folks, again, we're signing out, we're signing out. What a great day. I would tell people, if you're, if you're a young person who wants to learn about politics, come down here and check it out when it's in session. Um, come opening day, learn a little bit more. I've learned so much in this past year about politics, legislation, and some things of that nature. Well, thank you guys. Love, peace.